Hello, welcome back to the Greedy Men Podcast. I'm John Riggs, and I will be your host today. Um, we are here to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory. The real truth is, guys, that we are, we are kingdom men. In fact, all men are kingdom men. The question is, what kingdom are you serving? And the only way that we can become kingdom men of God is through the salvation that has been provided to us through Jesus Christ. And that is through faith in Christ alone are we justified, not by works. But I really want to spend some time today in relation to what it means to be a kingdom man and understanding, guys, that we are in a very uh, real battle and um, it rages all around us. And so I, I want to encourage you because I know, men, that you are facing um, a great battle as you stand in opposition uh, to the culture of our time. And we're in great opposition to all that's going on in the world that is against uh, our king and against uh, the things of God. And so we stand in opposition to that. We, what we learn in Ezekiel, um, we stand in the gap of righteousness for uh, for the land. That's what we're doing today. We're doing it for our families. We're doing it for our, our wives, our marriages, all those things. But I want to talk to you about a very real battle that we are in. <clears throat> and so um, the, the topic today is, is, is really holding the high ground. That's, that's really what we're going to talk about. And th the truth is, guys, that we are in a real battle and we are fighting from a position of the high ground. And the reason is, is because Christ Jesus um, is is the one in whom we are uh, fighting in his position, the position of the high ground. He's already won the victory of the high ground. We fight from that point of victory. And I just wanted to encourage you today in this. Our passage of scripture that we're going to spend some time unpacking today will be found in Ephesians chapter 6. Many of you are familiar with this passage of scripture, but the Apostle Paul here is giving closing comments to the Ephesian believers, and he writes these words. We'll start in verse 10. I'm going to go ahead and read all the way through 18, although we won't get through all of this today. Here we go. <clears throat> Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So the Apostle Paul here is laying out a, a truth for us as Christians to understand, especially in relation to this, this truth that we are living in a dark kingdom here on earth, a fallen kingdom. And this kingdom is ruled by the the, 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 the small g God of this age, which is Satan. And we know that we have learned through Scripture that Satan usurped the rightful place of Adam. Adam was given right to rule and to reign and subdue the earth. That was his God-given um, 
calling, and he was given that legally from God. Underneath God is his head. Adam was a representative of, of the likeness and image of God as he now was to subdue and to rule over the domain of the earth, have dominion over it all. And we know that Adam had that authority, and he had that authority given to him by God, created in the likeness and image of God. <clears throat> we know, though, that Adam was doing a poor job of, of walking the wall, um, so to speak, over what he had been given domain over. In fact, Satan was found to be in there, and he was lurking in the garden. And God gave Adam really this other command. You may eat from every tree of the garden, but there's one tree that you must not eat from, not even touch it. It is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in that day that you eat of it, you will die. And so Adam um, had been given this authority to, to, to rule over the earth, to have dominion, and to subdue. And he was working what God had given him to do. And here we find in, in the garden, we have the usurper. We have Satan, the deceiver. And he enters in the serpent. And then he deceives Eve. And we know Adam is the one that sinned. Adam should have took his rightful place. And he should have stood firm in the position that he had. Been given authority all over all creeping things on the earth. Here's a serpent. He had authority over the serpent, but he didn't take that authority. And then we know that Satan usurped that position that Adam had been given. And from that time, Satan has been ruling and reigning on the earth as the little G God, still under the sovereignty of God, Satan is ruling and reigning. Christ has come to reverse all those things and has done that and will complete it um, in the days to come as we look forward to Christ's coming where he will rule and reign upon the earth. And we see Christ in Revelation um, chapters 4 and 5, we see Christ taking the, the scroll out of the right hand of God, which really is the title deed to the earth because he has conquered, he has won, he is victorious, and he now has redeemed mankind, and he is redeeming all things and will redeem all things in the end. He is our redeemer. He's the kinsman redeemer. He had to be fully God to do this. Anyway, I don't want to get off track here to get into all that. Just simply saying this, that we have a real battle that we are fighting. We are men of the King of kings and Lord of lords. We're part of his kingdom. And I always say this about Christian men. This is not a religion. Um, we are part of a kingdom with a king, and we are citizens of this kingdom. And we are joint heirs of the King of kings and Lord of lords. And in fact, we are called by God and given the gift or entrusted with the gift of the ministry of reconciliation, that we are here to be ambassadors for Christ, as if God was reconciling the world through us in Christ Jesus. We have a great calling and a very high purpose in what we are doing here during this time that we are living upon this earth. And, and in the midst of that, we are in a great battle and a great struggle against the kingdom of darkness. Um, and so I just want to encourage you men, as you understand and learn this truth, uh, that you are fighting in a very real battle, not against flesh and blood, although the kingdom of darkness is manifested into the, the realm of, of the physical realm. We understand that. Our real battle is not against flesh and blood, as we're, we've, we've read here, but we wrestle against rulers, <clears throat> against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. 
we're, we're dealing with a structured kingdom that Satan is ruling over. And we know a third of the angels fell with Satan and that there is a structure and a hierarchy to the kingdom that Satan operates here um, on earth. We know that he's in the heavenlies right now and he operates over the earth, but coming in the future, he will have a battle in heaven fought between the angels of God and Satan and his angels. And, and Michael and the angels of God are going to defeat Satan and he will be cast to the earth because then great wrath is coming from Satan upon all those who dwell on the earth. Why? Because he knows his time is short, the Bible tells us in, 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 the, in the book of Revelation. And so we're in this real battle. It is an epic battle. It is, it is something that we're part of and we are in this. And so we need to be aware of this every single day that we live that we are to be alert because our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And that's why we have to walk the wall around the domain that God has given us, around our marriages, around our families, around our business, around the area of influence we have in our own lives, wherever we are and whatever we're doing. But I want you to understand that we do fight from the high ground. Um, this book right here um, is called The Art of War, and it's by Sun Tzu. And those of you that... Um, have studied anything about war know that this is probably the most um, foremost studied book of, of war that's ever been written. And I want to read you um, something about what was written here by Sun Tzu. And let me, let me just read this to you here, what he wrote. And it's very applicable for us in our day and our time. So hopefully this will be an encouragement to you. It is true that we're in a battle. We know our enemy. We understand who we're fighting against and who our struggle is against. We're not fighting in our own strength, but we're standing firm in the power and strength of the Lord God Almighty. But we have to stand, guys. That's our job and our responsibility to stand. Just like standing in the gap in Ezekiel, we're to stand and we're to stand firm, not to give way. As the culture pushes against us, as this, this reprobate society and this society of increasing lawlessness that Jesus talks about in Matthew 24 that will represent the last days, the society of incredible deception, the society and world uh, where wickedness is ruling and reigning and growing and, and just, it just racing at a very high um, level. Um, it's, it's moving toward a destination. You and I will not stop where it's going because God has ordained already in time that a destination point for this world to come to. Um, and Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, will come back and he will rule and reign here on this earth and we will rule and reign with him. But we, we read this from this book from, um, from, um, from Sun Tzu in The Art of War. It says this. Um, here it is. Our accessible on, on accessible terrain, he who occupies the high ground and ensures his line of supplies will fight to advantage. On precipitous, precipitous terrain, if we occupy it first, we should hold the heights and wait for the enemy. We don't have to take the high ground, guys, because Christ has already victoriously took it and he has provided every single thing that we need in order to stand and fight from our position in Christ from the high ground. And as we go back and we look at what we're really fighting against here, um, this is what we know. And I want to repeat this so you guys will get this. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. And yes, I understand that the spiritual realm is manifested often in the physical realm. 
And so Satan and the powers, demons, and those things can work through people. And we know he has throughout history, and he continues to do that. And so our, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. We need to understand that. But it's, it's something behind that that we need to understand is the real, the real enemy in which we battle. And it is against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And so we see rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, spiritual forces of evil in this heavenly places, and all of this is over this present darkness. Um, and we know uh, that Paul is laying out for us in order that we're able to understand where and, and, and what we are actually battling against and how we are to do this. One of the things that we, we, we understand here that Paul mentions is that we have a responsibility. Knowing that we're fighting from a place of victory, from the place of high ground, because Christ has won that victory. We are fighting from that position, a position of victory. And we've been given every single blessing, spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places. And we have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. We have already had this victory provided for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet we have to live out this real and, and very true battle that we face every single day and moment of our life as we hold the high ground, as we stand firm. We are called by God to stand in this position. So we're said, we're told here by Paul, be strong in the Lord, number one. Our strength is not in our own flesh because we're not fighting a fleshly enemy, although he manifests himself through um, physical things like men and so on and so forth. But we are to we are to be strong in the Lord God Almighty. Our strength comes from the Lord. Number one, guys, that's where our strength comes from. And we are told here that we are to do something also. We are to put on something. We have a responsibility to put on the armor of God. Um, that's our responsibility. That is what we are to do. Now, as we get into this, you're going to learn and understand more about what the armor of God is. And it's incredible as we'll unpack this over the next, um, probably next week or so. But the word take up here in the Greek really means to raise, uh, to take on a board or to carry off. Um, it, it is the, the, the actual, the action, it's a verb, if you will, of to take up, to, to raise up. We have a responsibility that we are to do this and God tells us that we are. Um, so the soldiers, according to their instructions, as we read about in Acts 23, 31, it uses this same word, um, took Paul and brought him to, uh, by night to um, Antipatrice. And so this word um, brought him is, is, is a word that there's an action of, of taking Paul. And we're to take up this armor and we're to raise it up. We are to bring it on board, if you will, so to speak. So we've been provided all the necessary armor, as we're going to learn, in order for us to stand firm in the day of battle. That's already been provided for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but it's our responsibility, guys, to take it up and by way of application, put it on in order for the armor to be of use to us. It can be provided, but you don't have to put it on. And if you go around without the armor of God, as we're going to learn, um, you are really uh, setting yourself up for uh, some defeat from the enemy. 
Now, the armor of God is purposefully created to protect us from the ways in which the enemy attacks the believers in Christ. Paul says that the armor of God enables us to stand against the schemes of the devil. Um, That means to stand firm or to be steadfast, to hold your position against a foe. That is what Paul is meaning here about standing firm. But notice that we're staying against the schemes of the evil one. Um, The enemy wants to move us from our position of standing, move us from the high ground, the position that has already been provided for us in Christ Jesus. I'm not speaking here of your salvation. I'm speaking here of our position of fighting from a place of victory in Christ Jesus. Um, He wants to move us from our rightful place of living where we live here and now in the true reality of who and what we are in Christ. But instead of living in the freedom and victory and joy and peace of our new life in Christ, the enemy wants to move us from that to live lives of defeat, enslavement to sin of the flesh, and lives that are void of joy, peace, and victory. So how does he accomplish this? Paul says that Satan uses schemes That is the word craft or deceit. Remember this, very important, guys. Jesus said the last days had a banner that would describe what those times would be like. And they are going to be a time of great deceit. There's going to be deception that is going to be like no other time in the history of the world. And guys, we are in these days where deception rules and reigns, and it is everywhere in our culture. You are being bombarded with a media and a society that is just sending propaganda, um, not truth, but propaganda. You're being force-fed what you are to believe and what you're to know and what you should think. And guys, it's deception. It's all it is. We have to be men who are not deceived because these scheming ways are from the enemy. You can't forget this. They are from Satan and from the demonic powers that are ruling and reigning in this world. And it's it's everywhere and it's rampant today. So guys, we cannot be deceived. And the, the evil one is in the business of deception and deceiving people. The Bible says that many are going to be deceived. Many are. Guys, we can't be deceived. We must be aware and know what is going on. We need to know the truth, and we need to also have the ability to determine and decipher what is almost true, because that's what deception is. It's not that it's so apparently off that it's easy to see. Deception means it's hard to notice that it isn't true. So we need to know truth so that when something is mostly true, we still know that it's a lie. And so we must have a discerning spirit so that we are not deceived by the schemes of the evil one. And he is operating in this way. He always has, all the way from the Garden of Eden, all the way through, he operates this very way. It is trickery. It is deceit. It is a lie in wait. It is well organized. It is crafted. And the purpose of it is to travail over humanity, to travail over us. And you see this is very prevalent in our government today, in our society today, in business today, in the world today. This describes humanity today. It is depraved. It is wicked. It is deceptive. It is, it is, it is deceiving. And that is what we are experiencing in this time. So we're going to look at the methods, if you will, um, 
of, of how the enemy's operating through this scheming. Um, he has a well-organized structure, Satan does. Where did he learn that? Well, he was once walking among the fiery stones around the altar, uh, around the throne, excuse me, of God. That's where he was, Lucifer, the shining one. That's Satan before the fall. And he was working and operating in, in this incredible beauty that he was created with before the throne of God. He saw and understood how God's structure, and we have angels that have different purpose and power, like Michael, and there's Gabriel. And we, have, we see the structure that God has. He's a God of order. And Satan has, has, has followed through copy in this system of structure and order in his kingdom as well. And we see that this is how he operates. And um, I won't get into that in great detail on this particular podcast, but it's very true. And a third of the angels follow Lucifer in his rebellion against God. And he is a liar. He's a deceiver. Um, and you'll read about what happens here in Revelation chapter 12. Let me read this to you, verses 7 through 12. Now war arose in heaven, and Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon... Well, we know the dragon is who? In Revelation chapter 12, we know the, that the, the dragon is what? We're told he's Satan. That's who the dragon is. And the dragon and his angels fought back. We know those are the third of the, of the angels who fell. They are demons. They are never able to repent. They are, they are wicked and, and they are deceitful and they follow Satan and they what? They serve Satan. And that's what they're doing that this war broke out in heaven. It says that the dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the world. That's who the dragon is, the ancient serpent. Where do we find him? We find him in Genesis, the very first few chapters of Genesis. We learn about this, this, this serpent, which is Satan, who had come to deceive and usurp the authority and the, 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 the role that God gave man and took that from man by usurping that authority through scheming and deceit. And he did the same thing to Adam and Eve as he's doing today, as we're going to learn. It's the same system of operation. It works on humanity, and he continues to do that. We learn here that the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, that when this war happens in the heavenlies, remember there's more than one level uh, when we talk about atmospheric in the heavens. We know that the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning God created the heavens. That's plural. And we know that Satan right now currently is operating between heaven where God has his throne and where uh, the angels are and where the spirits of the righteous are currently uh, there waiting for Christ to come and to resurrect their bodies and to have glorified bodies. We know Paul says absent from the body, present with the Lord, and we can spend a lot of time on that. But we, we understand that there is a war that takes place, and Satan is operating in the heavenlies. And we also see this in Daniel. When we study Daniel, and he'd been praying, and he'd been reading about Jeremiah. And Jeremiah said, 70 years are decreed for your people. And here he is in Babylonian captivity, and he's realizing that, hey, the time of this 70 years is nearly done. And he begins to pray and seek the Lord. And what happens is God sends the answer. But the angel that was the messenger angel God sent to give Daniel the answer, it took him 21 days to get to Daniel because he was held up by the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia is the spiritual power, uh, the demonic power over 
the what? The kingdom or the king of Persia. And we know that Michael came and he fought against the prince of Persia and he set free the angel that was bound there, the messenger angel, and the messenger angel came and gave Daniel the message from God. And then he says, but I got to go return now and I'm going to have to what? I'm going to have to battle against who? Well, who, what was going to be the next kingdom that came after the Persian kingdom? We know it was the Grecian kingdom. And behind all the kingdoms is this dragon in Revelation chapter 12. He's got seven heads. The seven heads are the seven nations uh, that we see primarily dealing with the nation of Israel all the way through time, through history. We have what? We have the Egyptians where um, we know Joseph and his brothers through Jacob, which is called Israel, came and we know that they were, what, enslaved there over a period of time. They became a mighty nation. And then we have from the Egyptians being set free by Moses and God leading them out. We have next the Assyrian Empire. And from the Assyrian Empire, we have the Babylonian captivity. Now the Babylonians are ruling and, and, and leading the world. And then from there, we move to the next empire, which we we'll read about in Daniel chapter 2 and other places. We're given all this in history by the word of God. We move to the Medo-Persian Empire. Then we move to the Grecian Empire. Then we move to what? The Roman Empire. And then finally, there's going to be another final empire that will come. That's the New World Order, Luciferian, Antichrist world system. And it's going to come. It's already rising up in our time, in our day. It is getting ready um, in order to rule the world. And that's going to happen here in the, in the future. But nonetheless, Satan, he is the one that's behind the Gentile empires that is ruling and reigning um, on the earth. God has his people, the nation of Israel, and then the body of Christ, which we've been grafted into Israel. We are what? We are those of the redeemed of the Lord. We are of the kingdom of God. The rest of the world lost are part of the kingdom of darkness that Satan is ruling and reigning over. And this is what we have to understand. We are kingdom men. We are not of this world, Jesus says, but we are in the world, and we are what? We are representative ambassadors of our king, who is Jesus. We are literally not part of this worldly kingdom, but we're in it. And so very, very important that we understand that. You know, this stuff will make more sense when you begin to understand these truths. And so... Um, we see here that Lucifer, Satan himself, has a kingdom. Lucifer and the angels who follow him in his rebellion take their marching orders from him. These angels do that. The evil kingdom is well organized and it is methodical. Uh, their methods are focused in trickery and deception. The methods of our enemy that are meant to deceive and trick us are these three things. I'm just going to give you three um, these are simple for us to remember in order that we're able to stay focused and in tune on really what, what this is all about. Number one, it begins with a lie. Number two, Satan then brings the lure. Number three, he then, he then drops the lair. It is the lie, it is the lure, and it is the lair. He will do this in your lives, men. He will first bring along a lie. Now, remember, a lie can be very close to the truth because remember what he did to Eve in Genesis. He said, the Lord did not say you may not eat from any tree in the garden. No, God didn't say that. God said they could eat from every tree except for one. See how Satan twists what God says? He always does that. Now, it was very close to what God said, but it wasn't what God said. And so he twists things. So you're going to have the lie. He always begins this way. It begins with a lie. 
Number two, he brings the lure. That way he can ensnare you. The lure is going to what? It's going to, it's going to um, be something that is, is very uh, desirable for the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those are the three things we read about in Scripture that we as men are susceptible to. Lust of our eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That is the lure. And then the third thing is, once we've taken hold of the lure, now the lair is dropped and we are caught in the lair. This is what the enemy does. So Satan's methods of deception are directed toward us always to appeal to the flesh. Always to the flesh. It's what he's always going to appeal to. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He uses this wicked, depraved, godless culture of deceptive lives and deceptive lures and deadly lairs. We have to understand this. This is how the enemy operates. Jesus said this in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, remember, we're in it, we're not of it. There's a big difference. Jesus says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, here's what the world represents. Buckles, bunnies, and bucks. That's what the world says a man is. It's all about buckles, your trophies, your accomplishments, everything that you do, the climbing the ladder of success. Your bunnies, it's about women and sex and, and lust and, and pornography and all that stuff. And then what? Bucks, money, 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 money. This is what society says makes you successful. You can watch one podcast after another geared toward men and every single one of them that are not based in Christ are going to, not everyone, but most of them will be geared toward those three things. Buckles, bunnies, and bucks. Those are the three things that these men say make them men. That is farther. There's nothing farther from the truth whatsoever. What makes us godly men is Jesus Christ is the pattern of what it means to be a godly man. And, and we are in a real battle against these things. So he says, listen, the desires, this is, this is what is in the world. The desires of the flesh, that means the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Listen to what Jesus says. Is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So we've learned about grit, guys. This is the whole point of the Gritty Men podcast, that we need to be men of endurance and grit and resolve, men who stand firm to the end. We've got to be gritty men. And it takes a gritty man to be able to live, live for Christ in this generation. You need to be a gritty man. Gritty man. You've got to be. And the word gritty just means, it means to endure through adversity and to be a godly man living in this time for God's glory. You're going to have to have steadfastness, endurance. You're going to have to have grit. And listen to James chapter 1, 12 through 15. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, 
I am being tempted by God. Guys, that's impossible. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, James says. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death, which is the lair. We have the lie, we have the lure, and we have the lair. That's what happens when we are not standing firm, watchmen, knowing what's going on around us, realizing that we're not of this kingdom. Guys, you are kingdom men of God. That's what you are. And you're waiting for your king. You're living for your king. You're an ambassador for your king. And you're a joint heir with your king. And you're a citizen of his kingdom. Now, his kingdom is going to come to earth. And he will rule and reign on this earth. And you and I, men of God, we will rule and reign with Jesus Christ. Literally, physically, upon this earth. It's coming. But right now, we are living as kingdom men of God in the dark kingdom of of the little God of this age, of this world. And we are to be ambassadors for God, Jesus Christ, our King in this world. That's how we're to be living our life. And the King of this, this age, the little G God, Satan, Lucifer, that, that being created by God, the fallen one, the deceiver, the liar, he's up to destroy your testimony and your ability to live mightily for the King in this age because we are here to make a difference, guys. It's incredible that we understand. It's, it's important we understand this. Now, I'm going to read you a few more scriptures here. Galatians chapter 5, 16 uh, through 25. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. No, the works of the flesh are evident. Here's the works of the flesh. Lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Here they are. You can see some of this is not an exhaustive list, but this is some of the things you're going to notice that represent our culture. This is it, guys. Listen to these, and you'll, you'll recognize them. In fact, before Christ, you were involved in these things. And this is, this, is, this is something we need to see. Listen to, what, listen to what Paul says here. Sexual immorality. That is, a, that is a, a fruit of the flesh, of the world, not of God. That is the old man. That is the sinful man. That is the lustful man. It is sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, Paul says, idolatry, worshiping other things other than God, sorcery, that's witchcraft, which is prevalent in our culture. Witchcraft and sorcery, that stuff is huge in our culture. I mean, even the Grammys, did you see that, that satanic worship ceremony? The grand, have you not many or past several Super Bowls, the biggest show on, 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 on TV? Have you not watched these things? Do you not see the music industry and the movie industry? It's sorcery and witchcraft and this stuff's real and it's all around us, but it is the little G God of this age. It is satanic. It is Satan worship and demonic stuff. This is real and this is what we stand against, guys. Not only that, enmity, strife. Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, orgies, excuse me, and things like these. Paul says, I warn you, as I warned you before, 
that those who do, guys, do not miss this. Listen to me. This is so important you get this. This is a way of living. If you see someone who professes to be Christ and this is the way that they're living, they are, number one, either not in Christ Jesus, born again. Number two, they are living in direct disobedience to God and they are being disciplined by God. But if they're living this way, um, this, is, this is really, really important that you get this. I warn you that those who do such things will not, that means this is the way of living as you break this down in, in its language. Those who live like this, I warn you, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit which is in contrast, guys, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. So we are to crucify our flesh with its passions and desires, Paul says. Um, here's another one, John chapter 8, verses 44 through 47. Um, Jesus here was speaking to his, the religious leaders of the Jewish people there of his day. Listen to what he says. You are of your father, the devil. Your, your, your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me, which one of you convicts me of sin. If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. See, Jesus says, listen, the reason I know you're of your father, the devil, is because you won't listen or believe the truth. And we're living in a culture and time where people do not want the truth at all. And the truth offends absolutely everybody today. That's because they're not of God. But a true follower of Christ, you are hungry for truth. You desire truth. You, you, you want truth. You hate deception. And that's, that's what we are as godly men. We hate deception, but we love the truth. So these same methods were used against the first man and first woman in the very, very beginning. Um, and we know that's an absolute truth. Um, let's keep moving down through here. I think I'm probably getting close to our time limit, and I don't want to take up uh, too much more of your time on this. But I wanted you to understand that we actually, we do, um, we do fight from a position of the high ground. And so I'm going to close this particular podcast, and we're going to get into the rest of it next week, especially as we look at the armor. I could go into great detail more about the, the kingdom of darkness. And if you as, a, as, as God's man can understand this, that you are part of a kingdom, but you're part of the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. That's why you feel so foreign in so much of the world today, because it's the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus Christ, he ransomed you, he purchased you, and he brought you from the kingdom of darkness, and he transferred you into the kingdom of the glorious Son. And all of that was done by an act of God's will, his mercy, and his grace. And you were justified and redeemed before God by faith in Jesus Christ alone and not by works. We are justified by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Men, I hope that this will begin to help you to understand that this battle we're in is real. 
And we're going to talk more about this for either the next week or even the week after as we begin to unpack this. And I have a scripture verse for us today, guys. Remember, part of what we're doing, we have three disciplines. We're focusing on the discipline of our physical discipline, like our health and exercise and the gym and running and all of that. We want to be in good physical shape. Then our mental discipline, we got to have gritty minds, gritty bodies, and then also our spiritual disciplines. We need to be gritty men spiritually. And so I just want to encourage you guys um, to, to, to stand fast in the strength of the Lord God Almighty, to stand firm. Do not give way to the pressure of the culture and stand firm for your wife, for your marriage, for your family, and for those of whom which God has given you influence over. Here's the verse. We're doing one of these every single week so that 52 weeks we're going to have 52 verses memorized or more. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Guys, I want to just encourage you to stay gritty this, this week. And we'll catch you here next time on the Gritty Podcast. God bless you guys. Keep living as God's men for God's way, for God's glory. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.